Well, a good morning to you. Uh, my name is Pastor Josh, for those of you who do, don't know. It's a great morning to be worshiping with you, or whether you're online with us or on the phone. It's just great to be with you this morning. Uh, we are in the midst of, of a series uh, called Family Matters, where we're looking at what does it mean to be the family of God. First of all, we started with what is the family of God, and now we're in this, this stage of, of exploring Scripture, of wondering, well, what does that look like? How do we, as the people of God, act as the family of God? Last week you heard about how unity is kind of the central tenet of what it means to be the family of God. About choosing the the greater good, the greater unifying thing of being one in Christ over the other divisive things. And now we're moving into something that kind of builds off that unity. How How do we maintain that unity? What does it look like to live within that unity as we talk today about truth and the place that truth has in how we interact in one another? Because I think there are a couple different ways you can go with it. If, if truth is your kind of supreme operating thing, right, like I'm committed to truth, you can either have it in a healthy way or you can, you can operate in that way in an unhealthy way. And we'll talk a little bit about what that looks like. But uh, before we, we dive into Paul's words for us today, I ask that you bow your heads and pray. God, we come to you today with great anticipation for how you will speak, how you will move, and how you will transform us. How you will bring us closer into your fold as your people and your family. We know you are faithful. And we know that you desire for us to experience your life. And so we ask that you speak. That your words become mine. For your glory and your kingdom. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. So today we find ourselves once again in the the letter to the Ephesians. And Paul has built up this argument that there is this new family centered around Christ. And in chapter 4 he expands on that. And we're going to pick up today in chapter 4 verse 25. And this is what Paul writes. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. We're going to pause there, because uh, there is a key word right there at the very beginning of this verse that tells us we need to kind of expand what Paul is trying to talk about here, and that word is, therefore. Right? So, the, so Paul is saying, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully. Right? So, so Paul is telling the people in Ephesus that you need to speak truthfully to your neighbors because we are all one body. But what is the therefore? What is the reasoning behind Paul saying we need to speak truth? What is the truth that Paul is speaking of? And so you have to go back a little bit. And if we go back to, to verse 17, we can see where, where Paul is, is speaking of what is this truth. Paul says, I tell you this, I insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, 
and the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Well, that's kind of a grim picture. He doesn't hold back many punches there as he talks about how the world around these people that he's speaking to has just kind of fallen into this trap of a continual lust for more. That They've been deceived by their own thoughts and own desires for more, for more, for more. And they're seeking after their own selfish ambitions. But then he tells the people that he's writing to, you, however... You did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So what Paul is saying is that because we are new creations, because of the truth that is in Jesus Christ, that being the old has gone and the new has come. In the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ, we find new life. We've been made new every single day as we experience Christ through the Holy Spirit. We are new creations. The old has gone and the new has come. That new being created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That is the truth of which we must be speaking. That is the truth that Paul is talking about when he says we must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to our neighbors. We must be speaking of how God is at work in our lives. We must be speaking truth to our neighbors. Speaking of how the old has gone and the new has come. But what does that look like? Well, thankfully, Paul kind of gives us some examples of what this looks like as he continues and says in verse 26, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, must work doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. He gives some examples of what it looks like to speak truth, right? Anger. Anger, to borrow a, a lesson that we had for our, our children at VBS, anger is kind of the tip of the iceberg, right? Anger is the, the part of our emotions that you see. But if, if you know what icebergs are like, right, the tip of the iceberg is just like 10% of what actually is going on because underneath the waters, it is huge and massive. Underneath the water of anger is hurt and pain and, and, and someone just kind of hurting you. Anger is a secondary emotion that is triggered by a deeper 
hurt. And so what Paul is saying here is, is in your anger, do not sin. Do not let anger, or do not let, let the sun go down on your anger. He, he's saying, don't, don't let the hurts of others cause you to fall back into your own old self of, of bitterness and rage. Instead, deal with that. Confront the hurt that you've experienced. Confront your brother or sister in Christ and let them know how you have been hurt. And then he has the example of he who has been stealing must steal no longer. Instead, must work with hands, right? The the idea being that those who are stealing, their hands need to be occupied, otherwise they're just going to keep stealing, right? They have busy hands. And so Paul is saying, well, here's an example of speaking truth, right? Of seeing how God is continually transforming us from the old to the new. Let's take those busy hands and put them to good works. Let's find a way that those hands that continually can't rest can, can be creative and become craftsmen to help others in need. What Paul is getting at is, is summed up in verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Right? He's saying speak truthfully. Put off falsehood and speak truthfully. Don't let any unwholesome talk come from your mouths, but instead choose to build others up. And how do we do that? We speak of the truth that is in Jesus Christ, that the old is gone and the new has come. Here's a, an example that, that just really hit me. It hit home last night. Last night I had the, the privilege of participating and officiating over a wedding of a former student of mine. And one of the things that, that I love to do, because it was done at my wedding, and therefore I carry on the tradition, is after the, the couple does their vows, right? Do you take this man to be your wedded husband? I do. Will you comfort him, love him? Will, I will. After all that, right, the couple vows to be a wedded couple. I then ask the crowd, the guests who are there, to stand up. I ask them to stand, and I explain that you are here because, well, you know the couple, but you're also here because you've already played a huge part in their lives, and you will continue to play a huge part in their lives. So you also have promises to make on this day. Will you comfort them, pray for them, uplift them, give them advice that is godly and scriptural? Will you support them in the good times and the bad? And last night, as we celebrated that moment, it really hit me that that is really what Paul is trying to get to here. Because in that crowd, there were individuals who have been married for five years, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, even 70 years. Those individuals know what it looks like to say, I do, which means no longer am I one, but, or two individuals, but now I am one body. With this, my beloved. Those individuals who have been married for years sitting in the crowd know 
it's not always easy. It's not always easy to have to give up your own desires. It's not always easy to lay down yourself for the better of your spouse. They can attest to the work that Christ has done in them over the years of their long marriage. They can attest to to the work of the old chipping away as they work together as a couple. The hardships that come, the life and joy that comes. They can speak the truth of Jesus Christ, transforming them as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a mother to that couple in ways that is necessary and needed for the entire body of Christ. In the same way, those who have grieved can speak truth into the lives of those who are experienced grief. Those who have lost loved ones can speak truth and life of how God has transformed their grief into joy in ways that others can't and in ways that are needed for the building up of the body of Christ. Those that have experienced parenthood of a toddler, a teenager, an adult, can speak truth of how Jesus has transformed you and their children, of how the old has gone and the new has come. The truth of Jesus at work in me and you as parents in ways that others can't that is necessary for the building up of the body of Christ. What Paul is speaking at here is that you and I need to be in relationship with one another because what we can do together in speaking the truth of Jesus at work in my own life is build each other up. Is build each other up a necessary and needed part of the body of Christ is unity in truth. Is each of us working together to build each other up, to remind each other that though it may be painful now, life will come. Though the joy is here, enjoy it and share it. To share our own life experiences to share the truth that is in Jesus Christ, that the former way of life is gone and the new has come. If I may be so bold this morning to you, my friends here at Daybreak, it's why you, the more seasoned crowd, are necessary. And deeply loved in a community like this. Because as you sit here looking at this young whippersnapper up here speaking to you and teaching to you, the thing that I always come to is why am I teaching you? The wisdom and the life that you have experienced. The, 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 the lessons that you have learned in your walk and journey with Jesus Christ is necessary for the building up of what we call Community Reformed Church and the greater church abroad. You have a crucial role in playing in the life of church. 
Because your wisdom, the lessons that you have experienced, the lessons that you have learned, the the ways you have seen Jesus transform your life from the old to the new, the ways you have seen Jesus bring new life into yours is extremely important to share with those around you. the reason why in my many years of youth ministry, I always, always, always strived super hard to have one of my volunteers be a couple that had already parented children through middle school and high school. Because their wisdom of seeing a child grow up was beneficial for the students they were with, but it was also beneficial for me. A part of who we're called to be is to speak the truth of Jesus Christ at work in my life and at work around me for the building up of others, for the teaching and the transformation of others around me. This means that each one of us has a purpose and a place that is needed and necessary in a body of Christ that we call the church. That you that your story, that your many years or many short years of following Christ is necessary and needed in order to help build up others. Your experience of grief, your experience of joy, your experience of marriage, parenthood, whatever it may be, being a business owner with Christ is, not, is, is necessary not only necessary, but needed for the building up of the body of Christ. Each of you must put off falsehood that you have not been transformed, that you have not and will not ever be useful in the body of Christ, that you are still stuck in the old and that Christ has not transformed you. We must put off that falsehood. And instead, speak truthfully to our neighbors. For we are all members of one body. And our goal is for the, to be helpful, for the building others up according to their needs. So that we may become the family of God. So the challenge then is for you and for me Where is God at work in your lives? But who is God at work in your life? Maybe a better question. Who is it that you need to speak truth into their lives today? Who is it that needs to know your experience of life, your own experience of Jesus at work in your life? Who is it that needs to be built up around you? May it be a friend going through grief. May it be a grandchild experiencing fear of school once again. May it be a Sunday school class that needs to to hear a fresh understanding of a very familiar biblical story. Maybe a spouse who wants to know how Jesus has transformed you and is speaking to you and leading you as you lead each other. Who is it 
that needs to be built up, that God has placed in your life for you to speak truth, the truth of Jesus Christ at work in you and through you. Friends, the truth of Jesus Christ is that we are made new, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. May we be a family that speaks that truth every day for the building up of not our own selves, but of those around us, for the flourishing of the body of Christ. Let us pray. God, you have called us to a new way of life. By your grace extended to us, we may experience life again. God, what great, what great news is this? And not only that, but you've equipped us with a family where we can share that good news, where we can share the good news of new life springing up all around us. God, you have called us to be a body. To be a family. Where each of us is looking out for the good of those around us. Not for our glory, but for yours. So may we be people who speak truth. The truth of Jesus Christ at work in and around us every single day for the building up of the body of Christ. Give us wisdom to know who it is needs to hear this truth around us, where we may speak that truth, where you have gifted us, and where you have placed us for your glory and your kingdom. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.